We are the Extra Sisters, so sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to a long-lost hype episode. <laughs> it was lost and now it's found. This was supposed to come out March 2020, and it was actually, if I remember correctly, it was one of the last, or it was one of the ones we were supposed to record right when the world shut down. It was like one of the last things we recorded together. Yeah, literally that day. Yeah. and That's then crazy. Our office shut down, and we separated, and then we never saw each other again. And I then know. it felt like a long time before we got to actually go to a theater again, but we finally got to see A Quiet Place Part 2. Mm-hmm. I had some concerns Agreed. before I saw this film. And, you know, I'd seen the trailer a bajillion times, and you get, like, real tired of seeing trailers, right? You're right. My biggest concern, and I've said this over and over and over, was that like zombie movies and like TV series do this. And what they do is they get the monsters get lost because there's only so many things you can do with like one specific monster. And so then it becomes all about the human on human conflict, like Mm -hmm. your compound versus my compound and your (laughs) community versus my community and all these things. And I, that's fine. And I totally get that it's a valid plot point. It totally is. But I really like to see, especially with these monsters specifically, because with zombies, like it's been said and done. So I understand Mm -hmm. having to write complex conflict and that being your main plot because everyone's seen zombies and they're not that cool anymore, you know? (laughs) Right. But I was really concerned because these monsters are different. Like, Mm-hmm. we weren't quite sure in the first one what their origins were it kind of only hinted at things you just knew that they were here and now we had this family that was fighting for survival but you didn't get the origin story which is we weren't sure if we were going to get it here but in the trailer we did get like you know day one type things. right and so I was like Okay, are we going to really see the monsters or are we just going to get flashbacks with the threat of them lingering with like a few people getting picked off because they're fighting other people mm-hmm. or the monsters being used as weapons, which we do see in this film a little bit, but I'm so happy that they didn't use that as the main plot device. Right. So happy. And now I do know that John Krasinski doesn't really do bad work. So I, and plus Emily Blunt and like you have this great cast and these great writers behind it, but still like, I'm sure most people would have been fine if it was a really enticing conflict plot. I just, I get bored of that pretty easily. Agreed. I'm super glad this was different. It's definitely not that like the monsters are still scary in this. It's not just about the people. Actually, it's mostly still about the monsters. Exactly. They're so prevalent and it is constant. Like there's not really a time where there's not anxiety about the monsters Mm -hmm. where they're ever safe from the monsters because you do get that. And I keep comparing it to zombie films because that is usually the the monster in an apocalypse type situation like this. 
but usually at some point you are safe from the zombies. Like there's always that lingering threat that you're not going to be and that they're going to overrun mm-hmm. your camp, but you do get to be in, and we see this a little bit in here too, but you do get that kind of like asylum when you seek that, you know, right. and here we don't really ever get that. We're constantly under attack or there's that constant threat. Plus the monster in this, that in itself is so unique. Like you can't talk to each other. Right. Exactly. Like I was so tense this whole film and I was really impressed with that because, you know, I had seen the first, I was fine. Right. No, no, no. Like the whole time I was still worried about this family. Right. And like you do, I think thinking all the way back to seeing the first one in theaters yeah you're tense but Mm -hmm. it's mostly built up to the like act three is when it really kicks into high gear Mm -hmm. but this one it picks up right where the other one left off with a few flashbacks thrown in which I loved it was done really well Mm-hmm. because it does set up some characters in this one. And obviously you guys know this is a spoiler review. So right. honestly, if you want to go see this film, since it's brand new out now in theaters and it is not on streaming services as of right now. And there's actually a message from John Krasinski in the beginning saying like, thank you for coming to see this in theaters because mm-hmm. while I do think there's a place for streaming and the pandemic has changed the world as far as that goes, I think that film writers they want their film to be experienced in theaters and this is a testament to that like Mm -hmm. it's quiet on purpose and those big moments he wanted them to be experienced like that so there's actually a message from him in the beginning thanking you for being in theaters which is why I don't think it's on streaming services quite just yet but Mm -hmm. if you want to go see it don't listen to this yet because you should definitely go do that yeah like if you want a little hint I think this was better than the first one personally I love them both and I would put them on even playing fields and that's saying a lot for sequels to already Mm -hmm. great unique films too Mm -hmm. because A Quiet Place was like we have alien movies and zombie films and these apocalypse creature type situations but it was so different and this one it kept that energy alive and it was interesting and there was so much action and it was exciting and you're, I was going to follow up with, I was on like, it starts you on edge and it doesn't let up the whole time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Like the whole, I kept looking over at Manda going, I'm so tense, which we got to see this one together. Woo. We did. Yes. It was kind of like an on the whim. I was off and I was like, I think I'm just going to go see a quiet place today. Cause it's like out in theaters today. There's a five <laughs> o'clock showing and you were like, I'm going to get there. So <laughs> it was, it was a lot of fun. Through and rush hour and everything. <laughs> yeah. And we made it, we made it. <laughs> and this starts off, it does throw in some flashbacks and like, you know, we've seen the trailer so many times. It's like, you see the same scene over and over and over and you're like, right. okay, well, here's that flashback. But what they put in the trailer was really smart because it's only like a very short snippet. Like it didn't give anything away about these flashbacks. Mm-hmm. So, but it still got you excited enough for the film. And when they do the flashbacks, it also, it brings you back to getting involved with the father figure who, yes. who died in the first one and also brings you back to that emotional place that the first one left you in and I'm Mm -hmm. not gonna lie I teared up probably like two or three times just just a little bit it wasn't like I cried but it's like you you just get 
like you're emotionally invested in this family. And I even turned to Kristen at some point and I don't remember what exactly I said, but I was like the, the work that they did to make you emotionally give a fuck about this family was Mm -hmm. so well done. Agreed. Because I did. I really cared about (laughs) them. I was like, yes. Even the character, like, they make you angry, their decisions, but it's not to the point where you're like, all right, well, fuck them. It's like, no, please don't do that. Right, exactly. Yeah, even knowing the family before and knowing how it's going to be, like, you can't talk and all that stuff, that was the the tenseness. It's because you still feel, you're still attached to this family and you don't want anything to happen to them, but you know it's a horror movie and something bad's going to happen. And you're like, please, God, just no more death for this family. Right. Which is so, it's sad because you have the daughter who was kind of a little shit in the first one to her father. Mm-hmm. And she now idolizes him because of everything that he did for her in the first one. And also he literally sacrificed his life. So she's kind of taking the reins of his, I guess, place of wanting to beat these motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Right. But on a more, I'm not going to say global scale because it's kind of a more localized range, but potentially global scale because they have figured out how to kill these things with their basically sound waves that they can make mm-hmm. with her cochlear implant. And she wants to get that information out there. But in order to do that, she has to travel. But her mother has a, a new baby. So... Mm-hmm that's kind of out of the question. She basically has to hunker down with this new baby because if that thing cries, screams, they're done. And then, you know, she has this other son who's just kind of help helping along the way. And so she takes it upon herself to get this information out there. But again, she's deaf. So when she is, and she's keeping her implant hooked up to this amp so that she can use it to fight. So she's not using Mm -hmm. it to hear. Right. So and it's so frustrating. And literally right in the beginning, you know, in the trailer, we see that the family is leaving. They have the, the baby in the box and everything, and they're taking their stuff, and they're going to, like, a new camp. They're all alone now. And in that journey, the son gets really hurt. He His leg ends up getting in, like, a bear trap. And Ugh. so now the mother's not only with this baby – but she's also with her son who is who could potentially lose his leg here soon. It's probably going to get infected like in this type of world. They they get to a safe space, but at some point she's going to have to leave for I mean we've already seen in the first one that the baby is on oxygen to like keep it quiet in this little box and but still alive. She's going to have to go get more oxygen and at some point she's going to have to go get that poor kid penicillin because otherwise he's probably going to die. So even you know, she is the only parent left and she's trying to keep everybody together at the same time. She's going to have to leave at some point. And that also brings more stress to it. My only, my only problem with this film at all is that there is a lot of, we have to have the man to save us. And that frustrated me. I get it. I get it. They, he was a friend of the father's. He was somebody that they knew. And men are strong and helpful. But at the same time, it was really frustrating when the mother who has this new baby and stuff, she gets saved by this man. Okay, whatever, that's fine. But then he ends up going out to go after our deaf girl to go save her. 
and she just she finds a monster on a train and ends up trying to shoot at it and misses and he saves her in the nick of time and that was a little frustrating to me I feel like she probably can handle it on her own and that wasn't really needed the whole man savior thing but whatever I see where you're coming from, but I also feel like it wasn't necessarily done as like, because I know kind of we're in this, like, that's kind of like what we don't want to see, especially now where we are trying to fight those tropes. But I do think like, especially with her, she wasn't even brought out by her dad. Like he was trying to teach his son. So I think her dad did her a little bit of a disservice because if you think back to the first one, the dad was trying to teach the son. He was taking him out on all of these fishing expeditions and these excursions and going out and teaching him things because since she was deaf, she was treated as a child with a disability. And I think that there was, you know, wasn't given all of those things. So she's just trying to go out. She may have not even known how to really use the gun because you think, see her fumbling with it. So I think if we had left her to her own devices, it almost would have been a little bit unrealistic that she would have been able to survive one without being able to hear at all. And two, without being really able to use the weapon system. So I think what they, what they did was they had to replace a character that had to have some sort of relevance to her survival I guess because if you push a little bit later on in the story she does do a lot more for his survival than he does for her so I think they do kind of rectify that later that's true but I I don't mean to be this person but at the same time that easily could have been the female town cop that survived like it didn't have to be a man both times like even the the father sacrificing his life like it didn't have to be. And I'm not even saying, you know, that we should do that for all of the political things that are happening nowadays. But, you know, maybe think of other ways around it. It didn't even have to be a white male. Have it be a black male that saves us. But actually, one of the only people we see die in the movie is a black male. Like, so come on, you guys. That is true. He, it is. It is. That is true. <laughs> yeah. Now, I and I also think that it may be be, with her father dying and that attachment is that father daughter relationship. They probably also were coming around to give her a father figure back. So that's fair, especially because he loses his own child. So he ends up kind of getting a connection with her. And because they kind of alluded to some sort of relationship between the two of them at a baseball game in one Mm -hmm. of the flashbacks. So. There was a little bit of tie in there too, but when they are together, the only, so she runs off to try to get this thing that she knows about being able to kill them because she hears on the radio, this song that Mm -hmm. she figures out is trying to tell people if you get to this specific Island and they're in New York, I think Mm -hmm. that is right off of New York, you know, (laughs) right off the mainland basically that they they can't get to it and it's kind of a safe space so we figure out that these things can't swim basically so hawaii's fine over here you know these island places are fine unless they they come from the sky so they are something from space we see that in the beginning first of all if i ever saw something crashing from the sky Mm -hmm. hell no abs that's one of like when i saw war of the worlds when i was a kid 
like the Tom Cruise version. I've never mm-hmm. actually seen the like one from like the 60s or 70s, 60s. I don't know. But terrifying. That's one of my biggest fucking fears, bro. Like, yeah, I was actually proud of them because they're at a baseball game watching this happen and everybody just kind of starts leaving, starts packing their shit up to go. And I'm like, that's right. <laughs> Nobody stays to finish out the game. They're just like, we're out. Well, it looks like a fucking bomb, first of all. Right. Also, I, my first instinct, if I saw that, would be like, okay, somebody is trying to like go to war with us and they figured mm-hmm. out how to get past all of our military installations that would intercept that. That would be my first thought. So already terrifying. Second thought would be aliens. And I ain't right. sticking around for either one of those. Because <laughs> if it's a nuke, I'm already going to die anyways. Right. But also alien creatures. Fuck that. <laughs> so they do start heading out. But these things have come from space. So I guess if they landed on your island, you know, nothing you can really that do was, there. Yeah, that was my thing. I was like, okay, so does that mean that the UK is fine? Or because it's a big enough island, they probably landed on it. They're fucked too. Yeah, you don't know about anywhere else in the world, which is also really scary because communications Mm -hmm. went fucking down and you don't really know to what extent. So all we really know about specific is this one area in New York. Right. You don't because you don't get that global, you know, like in signs. We had TV specifically where we knew about all the other countries and how they were handling it. We don't get that in this Mm -hmm. film. You only know about this specific region of New York. But she figures out that this local news station is saying, hey, there's this island right off the map. We're fine. You can come here and they can't. So we've basically built a community where you can be safe and live a semi-normal life. So she figures that out. She's going to try to get there. She's got to get a boat. And he is following her because the mom basically says, can you please go get her? Because she can't. I mean, she's got a baby. She's got a son. They mm-hmm. got his fucking leg chomped in a bear trap, which <laughs> right. I loved that scene because like oh. in a lot of zombie, I didn't love it. It was awful. But yeah, in a lot yeah. of like zombie apocalyptic type films, something horrifically painful happens to them and they just cover their mouth and they don't scream. That is so unrealistic. <laughs> And in this one, that bear trap clamps down on his leg and his mom tries to keep him quiet, but he is just screaming at the top of his lungs. What are you going to do? I mean, that's fair, especially for a kid. But later on, I don't even remember what the fuck it is. But the mom does a similar thing where she screams and it pisses me off because I'm like, I'm not saying that... I would do great or I would want this to happen, but I am one of those people that like I stub my toe and I just sit there and quietly in my head go, motherfucker, fucking, like I don't actually say anything. So I know that stubbing your toe is very different than a fucking bear trap, but at the same time, I feel like in this world, I would probably try a hell of a lot fucking harder to shut the goddamn fuck up. Yeah, I don't know if with my leg in a bear trap, I might just be asking for something to come rip me apart. <laughs> okay, that's fair. At that's that fair. point, like also, I don't know what kind of pain threshold you pass out at, but Lord, if it's not this one, like just <laughs> knock me the fuck out. God. So obviously, and what they're being, there's like a warehouse and it's, it's something where they can basically shoot down a, what would you call it? Like it's a, a steel plant. Okay. Yeah. And there's like a underground part of it where they can slide down mm-hmm. and they can be safe because they can close. It looks like a giant safe basically, and they can close it and they can be safe. And then there's like a little part of that, even that room where they can close it and it does lock, but they keep a towel there to where it doesn't mm-hmm. in a perfect world. 
<laughs> right. And so it is soundproof. Yeah. And it's soundproof, so it's great. So that's where they can stay safe should they encounter one of these things. They can slide down there, and they're good, I- ideally. Right. So they st- she stays there with her baby and her son, and her daughter is going off, and this man follows her, and they are going to go. He doesn't want to, but then she convinces him to go try to get this technology to this radio station so they can play it over the airwaves. And then everyone who hears that can, we'll, we'll figure it out, hopefully, you know. Mm-hmm. And while they're headed out, this is where we get our conflict with other people they get to the boat docks and these other people are like gatekeeping these boats basically (laughs) and like you're not getting one of them and this is where they've set up home because they these Mm -hmm. things can't swim so that's fair and they figured this out so if they live on these boats and they have any issues basically water it's a great plan but they're not going to let anybody else on this because humans are we're terrible, right? <laughs> and I get it to an extent because if you try to take in too many people, you're mm-hmm. going to lose your space. Or people are just awful. So if you bring yeah. in the wrong person, they're going to try to take it from you. But then that just breeds more hate, too. So what they do is they made a like a net, like a fishing net, and they hooked up a bunch of like things that make noise, like Coke cans and things like that. Mm-hmm. And they hook it over our man's neck so that if he moves, it's going to make a shit ton of noise and attract these things. Mm -hmm. And then they take our girl and it looks like they're going to do some really awful things to her. Yeah, definitely. Like they're, they're going to take her into their little community for um, not not good things. Yeah. Like these are disgusting men and yeah. yeah. So, But they do end up working together. They make noise on purpose to bring the things to them, strategically jump into the water to get away from them. It's it's actually pretty badass the way they work together. It's pretty cool. And they steal the boat and they get to the island. But they were kind of dumb. Real dumb. I was literally thinking that the whole fucking time. Like, as soon as they were like, we just need to get a boat over there. I was like, oh, so what is to say that there hasn't been a monster that has randomly gotten on a boat and already taken out this community? And that's literally and what happens. Yeah, I was about to say, like, if there hasn't been, you're going to take one, aren't you? And there's going to be. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But it's nice because they do get to this community. And it's literally, like, people are cooking by a campfire and they've built houses that I mean, I'm sure houses were already there, but you know, like they have, it, it's, it's pretty much like a normal, like the grass is green and the kids are running and playing and it, it's, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And we haven't seen this for how long. I mean, I don't know how many years this has been going What I, day 400 something. So mm-hmm. over a year now. And they're just shocked that this is happening. And the, man has a conversation with one of the people that live there and you know just like well they can't swim so we got here and we put that song out and the song was beyond the sea so hopefully people would figure it out and they would come and we weren't we're not trying to keep it a secret so which Mm -hmm. is cool but then it's like the next morning i think the guy is kind of out exploring and hears something and one of the boats is up against the island and it brought one of yeah. them 
to the island and it fucking decimates the place. So, yep. I mean, a lot of the people do survive, but it kills a lot of key people. And then all the while over on with the other part of the family, so the mom, the baby, and the son, the mom's got to go get fucking medication for the son. So, mm-hmm. like, he otherwise he's going to get an infection, possibly die, get real sick. So she's got to go to the pharmacy that we saw in the first one. And there's this whole sad scene about, you know, visiting her dead son's little cross with the rocket and putting her wedding ring on it. And I was like, it was I so wouldn't. sad. I literally would never get rid of that fucking ring. Ever. Me neither. Like that, that would be mine to keep. And I would mm-hmm. always look at it and no, I would not put that ring anywhere. Nope. Nope. That would, I, you're right. I would keep it forever. Yeah. But she goes to get medicine and then she literally gives him one job, one job, stay where you're at. Just stay here with the baby. That's all you got to do. But no, he goes off and decides to explore on his bum leg. Yeah. For what reason? I don't know. Like, I don't even remember if he had a reason. Exactly, because he wanted to go see a dead body that was going to scare him and cause the monsters to come like we all knew was going to happen, because that's what happens. So the guy that's with our the daughter, he lost his family and his wife died, like basically in his care, and he didn't get rid of her body. So it's just like a rigid, decaying corpse, and he finds it. It scares him. He falls over, attracts the things runs back to his safe place that he actually destroys and he locks himself and his baby brother. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty sure it's baby brother. So. In that little safe that is supposed to not lock because they have a little towel, but he was running from this thing that's trying to fucking kill him, this terrifying creature. And he wasn't careful and he slammed it shut. And also the baby's out of oxygen. The oxygen tank's like running on empty, which is also why she went out because she had to get more oxygen. Mm -hmm. And so now they're suffocating and they can't get out because one is locked. And even if they wanted to, that thing is there. So he, he really done did it. And then even when mom comes back, she's got to deal with this creature now. That she doesn't have the thing to open its basically armored head up to shoot it because her daughter has that and her sons are suffocating and it's just a horrible, horrible situation. Yeah. She does get down to them, but she has to lock them in that area where now at least she has another oxygen tank, but they just have to share oxygen for forever now because they can't get out because that thing knows they're there. So it's just going to wait. Exactly. So just we have to share this one oxygen tank, which also starts going down to empty. So we're we're doing great on this one. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're just doing we're just doing great. (laughs) So. Going back to the island, we have another one in pursuit of the daughter and the, I don't really know, he's the friend, the family friend, new father Mm -hmm. figure, I guess. They make it to this radio station where the song was being put out and the, the friend they made there tried to get them to it. He got murked. It was very sad, but they end up getting there. It's This was very high anxiety. Like, again, you're tense the whole time because the action doesn't fucking stop. And these monsters are prevalent the entire time. And this thing is 
like there's this one part where she's lowering herself onto a desk and there's like a Coke can and you're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, please don't do that. Please don't do that. And it's so good. The way it's filmed is just so masterful. It's, it's wonderful. And so she's lowering herself onto this desk. She's trying to get to this recording studio and she does upload the sound and she actually fucking, she kills this thing on her own, which I loved because she got her own moment right at the end of Mm -hmm. killing this motherfucker of saving his life. And she takes this like, it's like a pole and she just jams it into its face. Yeah, It's not even a long range kill. It is up close and personal with this fucking monster while this sound is just wrecking it. And that's actually how she saves her family because they have the radio station on and that sound comes through. And so her family's able to get out and shoot it because she got that sound on the radio waves. So it all like came full circle and it was a, just a beautiful ending. We don't get to see them reunite, which Mm -hmm. was kind of disappointing but like you can assume that she goes back to find her family and bring them to the island but you don't actually get to see that but everyone is alive at the end and they don't lose any more family members so you know there's that because I don't think this family could take any more fucking death right exactly and you even said it like when the mom is there watching her son go kill this thing while she's with the baby and you know she hears the the sound over the radio she's just like such a proud mama moment like look at my baby's goat yeah the kids are the ones taking up the reins for because she has had to be so strong the mom of she lost a child in the first one in the first 15 minutes loses a kid Mm -hmm. right she has had this baby without any pain medication while she's being hunted if you remember (laughs) Like she had to to be quiet. She loses her husband. Her daughter just left. She has no idea if her daughter's well, she does now because she heard this, the sound, but this whole time she's had no idea if her daughter's even alive. Her son got caught in a fucking bear trap. They're (laughs) surviving. They're surviving off this oxygen. I mean, it's just been a whole terrible thing. She has to (laughs) shove her baby in a soundproof box and put oxygen over its face. Every time it cries, like this poor woman, (laughs) right this poor fucking woman she doesn't even have a husband to help her anymore it's just her trying to yep that would be hard as a single mother like in a first world country without an apocalypse (laughs) right now you can't even talk to your kids at least they they knew sign language previously you know yes super helpful yeah but like good lord but now her kids are at least getting strong enough to help her survive so she knows that if they were out on their own, they're not as helpless as they were, you know, previously. Right. You know, I don't know what the time frame is here, but you know, like a week ago, a couple days ago, I don't know, <laughs> last movie. Right. But it it was a very very good film. I was concerned. I, I wasn't super concerned. I knew it would probably be good. Like it's it's not like one of those sequels where you're like, oh, this is probably going to be a piece of shit. Now, if they do a third one, I'll have a little more concerns than I do with the second one. I hope this is kind of a two and done kind of thing. I feel like them not going back for the other family members means that they're leaving it open for a third, though. Like the like, journey to go get our family together or something. Yeah, which I have. I mean, it seemed like it was so easy for them to get there in the first place. I feel like that would kind of be a little gimmicky. Right. But... I, yeah, I mean, if the same people are involved, I think it would have a fighting chance. I just, like we've talked about before, I just get so 
worried about driving series into the ground. Yeah. Well, I mean, if they're going to do it, they got to hurry the fuck up anyway, because these kids are just going to keep getting older. So in May 2021, Emily Blunt revealed that Krasinski has an idea for a potential third film. There you go. Ha, knew it. Yeah. <laughs> but at least John Krasinski has the idea. Mm-hmm. It, it's not like some John Krasinski is going to bow out and then someone else that that was right. involved is going to take it up. John Krasinski created this. John Krasinski has been involved the whole time. John Krasinski will hopefully finish it. And if it is a third one, hopefully it's the same people like, you know, and, and Emily Blunt is John Krasinski's wife. So hopefully she's involved with him in writing this and creating this and, so, I mean, let's just, let's hope for the best here. <laughs> right. So Rotten Tomatoes, before we give our grade, let's just hear. So it has already 217 critic responses and 2,500 plus audience scores, which for only being out for at this point of recording for what, four days or so, mm-hmm. 91% critic re- score yeah. and a 94% audience score. So already doing quite well for itself and as a like just a comparison for the first one it's already very very close so for the first one the Rotten Tomatoes score for critics is 96 percent was 386 reviews so the critic score is already there's not that many more here and 83 percent audience score with 10,000 ratings so that still needs to come up on the number there but already very close there people love both of them for me, I would, I don't remember what I gave the first one, probably a four or a five. I would probably give this one, I don't know if it gets like a five out of five, but probably like a four and a half. Like it's really mm-hmm. good. Yeah. For me, like I said, I liked this one more than the first one. And the only, the only problem I had was pretty slight and it's mostly just, you know, the socio-political stuff that's going on now so five out of five i loved this one i will watch this one over and over and over again thank you so much for hanging out with us for our review of a quiet place part two if you haven't seen it you should definitely hit it up it is in theaters i have not seen that it will go to streaming services but you know if you're vaccinated go out and see this shit and if you're not i mean wear a mask i guess and get vaccinated i don't know yeah i I know know amc AMC and Cinemark theaters are now saying that people don't even have to wear masks. So I guess we're just in the clear now for the future, which is is wrong. People, we still need to be wearing masks and jumping ahead like this is just going to cause more problems. But whatever. I mean, are they saying that for unvaccinated? Because I'm pretty sure it's all people. I don't think it has a vaccination thing on it. Just you don't have to wear masks anymore. Oh, I was about to say, if you're unvaccinated, then, you know, that's, you know, you, you're safe. But if you haven't been vaccinated, we talked about this on Audis is Hottest, but you can text your zip code to G-E-T-V-A-X or 438829. Go get vaccinated. It'll give you all of the lists in your area of where you can go get vaccinated. Most of them at this point are doing walk-in clinics because they have a surplus of vaccines that need to go. So go get vaccinated. And I don't want to hear it, but you can follow us on our social medias, Facebook and Instagram or the Extra Sisters podcast. Twitter is at the Extra Sisters. And you can follow us on Patreon at $1 or $5 a month. It is patreon.com slash the Extra Sisters podcast. Until next time, stay creepy.